0: done it again What's a goal
2: by Sam Jay-hull. Hello everybody and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub podcast. My name is Damon and with me I have Sam and I have Woody Boys. The Premier League was back over the weekend, but more importantly, how are you two? How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm just kicking along at work these days. T- Tough t- life? Oh, no, it's a good life. It's yeah, a boring it. life, Sammy. <laughs> I live the opposite of a boring life. It's good. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah, well, not bad on my behalf. Uh, I reckon for my sanity, I'm, I'm glad the Premier League's back. I was going a bit nuts without it. Um, honestly, it felt like this was the longest international break ever. Oh, it took uh, it, so it was long me. to come back. Uh, it was it's, ridiculous. It, it's two weeks every time, but honestly, this one felt like a month.
2: Mm, I, I, for sure. I, I don't know how it felt so long. We should probably address the elephant in the room as well. Obviously, last time we recorded, not so much had ha- happened at Tottenham. <laughs> now mm. we sit here. And not only have they uh, got a new manager, he's actually managed two games since we last recorded. So. He has. We record this on a Wednesday night in Australia. For those who don't know, so obviously we've had one morning of Champions Leagues. So
0: except last week, we recorded on a Tuesday, which is why we missed the Pochettino discussion yeah. because that happened on the Wednesday. On the Wednesday,
2: so <laughs> that was yeah. that was unlucky.
0: Yeah, I tell you this morning that there was a
2: lot
1: of premature people on on social media. Oh, they went him hard, calling him very hard when he was two-nil down against Olympia Olympiakos, and then bang, bang. Bang
0: bang,
2: bang. See the ball, ball boy? Did you see the ball boy this morning? It's gone mental.
0: The frowning magician.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, but on you know, steering back to the Premier League though, Woody, mm. would you care to hit us with those quick fire results? Sure thing.
1: Tottenham versus West, West Ham to kick off match week thirteen, Mourinho's first game. They won 3 2, then Arsenal drew with Southampton 2 all. Leicester beat Brighton 2 0. Burnley beat Watford 3-0. Liverpool down Palace in a last-minute winner, 2-1. Wolves beat Bournemouth with the red card, 2-1. Norwich beat Everton 2-0. City beat Chelsea 2-1. Sheffield United, man, you, what a game that was. That was huge. Tearing my heartstrings, 3 all. And finally, Aston Villa beat Newcastle 2-0.
2: What a week. Yeah, it was was big. It was some massive, massive results. Huge week. Uh... I'm happy to just get, you know, stick with what we were talking about prior to those results and... It's stuck in. Tottenham. West, West Ham versus Tottenham.
0: Deliali, Alli, Son, lovely touch. glues to his feet. Son to score. He does. The first goal of the Jose Mourinho era has been scored by Hyun Min Son.
2: Yes, that is correct. Spurs came out 3-2 winners over West Ham in Jose Mourinho's first game in charge. Boys, what did we make of that?
0: Well, you know, as much as Spurs were decent, I think it was more to put more to do with how bad West Ham were.
1: Yeah,
2: they were, they were pretty awful.
1: They
0: were awful. What do you, what I mean, you they think?
1: were awful up to, like, what, the 70th minute? When yeah. they started pressing?
2: I mean, it, you could argue it's easy to play when you're 3-0 down because you've got nothing to lose. But, yeah, that was just... The, it wasn't just the players, the whole stadium was dead. To be fair,
0: when you're 3-0 down, it goes one of two ways. You start trying to get a goal back, or well, the floodgates just absolutely open. Okay yeah, yeah it's, for a, sure. it's a winless opportunity.
1: Well, to be, to be honest with you, winless opportunity probably describes how West Ham were going into the game. Because if you look at it, Jose Mourinho is back, and having lost his first ever competitive game as a manager with Benfica in, in 2000, in September 2000, yep. Mourinho has gone unbeaten in his first game in charge in each of the his next seven clubs, including two different spells at Chelsea, so he's in that. He's won four and drawn three, and so like you know, the odds were against West Ham from the get go. Definitely, I, I think
2: Mourinho definitely straight away, as soon as he you know he took the Tottenham job and looked at the first fixture, look as much as we talk about how West Ham do have a decent list, I think he would have been pretty pleased that he was coming up against West Ham the way they're going about it. Is it funny
0: how a coach in the Premier League can come in from being completely outside the club?
2: Yeah, and they just—it's because in the build-up, you, you have to say, even Mourinho spoke about it a lot in his time at Sky Sports. He spoke about how his next job, he—he he would have to do all this research, and you know, they all talk always talk about club vision the state of the club at that time and whether the the visions match up between manager and club. And that's all really important. So, you know, these potential managers that are trying to get a particular job, and in this case it was Tottenham, nine times out of ten, they know the club back to front before they get there the first day. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. And it's the same in any sport, really, isn't it?
0: I know. And I suppose, like, yeah, you're right. Mourinho's a career coach, yeah, career he, manager as well. He knows he, what he's doing. He
2: knows he's, how to come in any just, point of the he, season. He
0: pops up when he, when he gets the opportunity to and does what he has to.
2: Well, just sticking to the how bad West Ham were, and then we'll get into to, how Tottenham went about their business, I just want to talk about their goalkeeper, Roberto, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago as well. He, honestly, it was hard to watch. It, honestly, was difficult to watch. The first goal that Son put in... He didn't get his body behind it at all. Should have saved. Not even. I'm not saying he should have saved it, but he had to get a hand on it. Something it made Son's finish look a lot better than it actually was. And also the third goal, Hurricanes header. Yeah, it was a quality header, but at the end of the day, any sort of pressure on him, he just crumbled. And it didn't help West Ham's cause at all because they just had no confidence in what was behind them. Do you know? Like, so completely agree with you, Damo, and and Roberto. Like, he he. uh, he,
1: he You seriously have to question whether West Ham have to go get a new.
2: Yeah, well, I'm yeah, not 100% he, sure on what Fabianski's situation is. Like, what has he done wrong? No, no he, it, the injury is like a lot worse than they originally thought. And he's been out for two, uh, two months now almost. I think mm-hmm. if you include international breaks, so he missed about five, six games. Because
1: originally I thought it was only a knock
2: after yeah. that international break. And he came back against that, uh, yeah. against Everton. And ironically, he actually played well. Yeah. But since then, it's been since, an absolute disaster.
1: Oh. Mate, West Ham, West Ham are falling off falling off the treadmill really when it when it comes to where they should be
2: yeah and that, that should be fifth or sixth they should be aiming for oh it's getting ridiculous and I think we we'll get into the managerial situation there in a bit but you know as I said the whole stadium was just it was it was hostile towards their own team yeah. in that in that and I think toilet bowl. <laughs> oh. That is and, West Ham. I think the only bright spark they had at
1: the day, I had for the day was Antonio, who once he came on almost changed the game single-handedly. And that's when West Ham actually looked like they were going to press. So when, when he came on, West Ham played a little bit more direct. Um, and it brought Haller into the game, knowing that Haller probably couldn't get the ball, and the amount of service that he could usually yeah, get. He's
2: been starved this season, to be honest. Oh, he um, has been
1: definitely. But you see the games where he is given a shot, and he usually bags a goal or an assist. Yeah, especially and, early in the season. And he yeah. controls the tempo of their attack because when he has the ball, he, he's a he's probably one of the best hold up strikers in the league. Yeah, realistically, he is, is
2: really good. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it, it definitely changed because once Haller gets a service, they can control the tempo over their game. And it um, also
2: has a lot to do with uh, the likes of Felipe Anderson, who's not having anywhere near as good a year as he did last like, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that, that, the player that Felipe Anderson is, is very hit or miss.
0: He's very, fl- very flary. It's like he's just a normal attacker that... Sometimes he goes well, and other times he shows glimpses of brilliance.
2: He, and he's the type of player that Pellegrini's Green's probably switched around a little bit. Like, his best position is clearly on the left, but due to some form of the others, he's looking for a spark sort of where it's been lacking. But then in doing so, he's sort of flirted with uh, Philippe Anderson's form, and he's probably suffering a little bit as well. Yeah. But one man that isn't suffering is, on the flip side, Mourinho's man, which... He's Mourinho's in co- man. Is, well, we're already calling it, aren't we?
0: <laughs> we like, Mourinho. They're Mourinho's men, so
2: it's ridiculous how just, good he was. So I tell
1: you what, <laughs> I, I, he's had some pretty good. He's had some pretty good form, but I reckon Delhi Alley's inclusion, playing central attacking mid, if anything, shows that Eriksson is the guy he's freezing we out.
0: We were we were having a go at Delhi Alley a few weeks ago as well. Yeah. yeah, but
1: he came. He played really well against Tottenham. The game he re- uh, sorry against Everton. The game he returned. Yep. Um, and from there, he, he I think he bagged a goal in that Everton. Yep. And then from there, he's played really well. But it looks like Ericsson is that guy that Mourinho is freezing out, which he seems to do at every, every club.
2: Yeah, he, um, even was asked about it prior to the game and he pretty much just said like, yeah, I, I can't play players who are not, you know, invested in the future and oh, I need to understand what, what page they're on and we all need to be on the same page. So he wasn't exactly 100% clear on what the situation was, but in, in saying that it was also pretty clear that the situation at the moment isn't great for Christian Eriksen in that I think he's looking for a way out. But yep. one, one player that probably is going to benefit from Mourinho's entrance is Eric Dyer. Yeah, completely. Um, he started ahead of Suzoko for the first time all, all season. And I think the way, the way Eric Dyer played, he very much sat in front of those centre halves and did not move all day. Almost like a Nemanja Matic role. A little bit like he did at Chelsea and Man United, and that's just typical of what Jose loves. He he's always he
0: played played the genuine number six role. Yeah, essentially, the most defensive of the defensive midfielders. He would sit right in front of the Tottenham centre backs, and pretty much, as you just said, didn't move all day. And he didn't light up the world, but he played the role perfectly and got the job done for them in the end. Yeah, yeah
2: and then that's what Mourinho loves, isn't it? Yeah, and another player that obviously was going to benefit from a counter-attacking style that Jose sometimes likes to employ, especially when he's not confident in his team's ability to hold the ball. And Luke, we saw the return of Lucas Moura in a starting position on the right and heung Son mm-hmm. on the left. Bagged a goal and an assist.
0: He's on fire. He, he's the leading scorer in all competitions for Tottenham at the moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, it probably benefits from the fact that Kane, I think, missed three months at the start of the, start of the um, mm. calendar year. But yeah, he's a man that's probably form hasn't dipped even under Pochettino towards the end. He was still the one yeah. quite often begging a goal or two. It's
0: definitely start, it's time to realise Son is a world-class player now, I think. Yeah, no Pro- longer probably, is he the guy probably the, the best
1: Asian player. I think in the For world. a
2: very long time At yeah. least
1: Yeah And along with The goal He's a goal and assist He made three key passes And three shots on goal Was lively all game And probably was that key That kept unlocking Consistently the West Ham defence
0: He's That's just flary and, and exciting But also consistent At the same time As it's shown By his goal tally He just I love watching someone play He hits the ball that hard
2: Yeah
0: Remember <laughs> <like, laughs> when we had That argument yeah. Like
2: two months ago About whether he should have Scored at Anfield Yeah <laughs> But yeah, yeah. But yeah no, he, Other than that He's been unbelievable This season yeah. For sure I just want to talk quickly about why West Ham were able to get back into the game. Mm -hmm. It probably all stemmed from when Delhi actually went off, if we're being honest. I know it's a pretty simple way of looking at it.
0: Was that a poor decision? It can be
2: obviously the fact that West Ham went on to score two goals. It can't be they're three 0 up at the time. I know. It's it like people obviously it's easy for people to just sit here and say Mourinho shouldn't have done that because after it happened they take they... two goals. But any manager would have done the same yeah. thing. I think. You know, yeah.
0: there's no point in having him out there risking injury or anything like that. Yeah,
2: especially well, when you know Delhi's going to be playing many many minutes for Jose this season, yeah. especially because the Tottenham team, unlike previous Mourinho teams, doesn't isn't gifted with depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's going to need to minimise the minutes in these types of players' legs. the other there's a bit of a different challenge for Mourinho rise. now as
0: well, isn't it? Yeah, he's not
2: going to have that financial Coming from backing. a
0: United and Chelsea backgrounds with oodles and oodles of money behind yeah, them. Yeah,
2: even your Madrids and stuff he's like really
0: that. Gonna, he's really going to have to stretch what he's got like we haven't had to see from him in a long while. Yeah,
2: Which would sure. be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, West Ham have picked up just... Two points from their last twenty-one available. They wow, look absolutely cooked. Obviously, Pochettino's recently got the sack. Are we now okay to switch the discussion to a Managed. managerial discussion
0: well, think, across the, the league? I think, it's, few, I think it's needed to. There's, there's a few to, on the block, isn't there?
2: Mate, is, there's not only a few on the block. It seems like half the league is <laughs> on
1: the block. Honestly,
0: <laughs> is that but, excessive though, or is that fair?
1: No, I don't think it's excessive because, like, like we said, it just run like follow suit with the top six being as weak as they are. Yeah, no. To be fair. honest with you. Because it seems as if, as the top six decrease, the expectations are still there, but the results n- will never be the same.
2: Yeah. It won't be the same. And I feel like when the top, the big six clubs aren't performing, then other clubs feel pressure to perform. And then when they aren't performing, they feel like they're missing the opportunity. And we're probably seeing that at Everton and West Ham, which we might as well get stuck into right now. And
0: I almost just. I see Unai Emery top of the list here, but I almost don't want to spend too much talk, time talking about him. Because I couldn't we agree more. <laughs> because we, just, we know useless Arsenal are a basket case. All right, well, well, let's just start and
2: finish Emery right now. Gone. Gone for you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I think he's gone as well. Gone. I, I think it's, it seems like these Arteta are rumors they're not going away anytime yeah. soon.
1: So if anyone's going to come in and reprise that role, it's going to be him.
2: I, I think Arteta will be their day one next season. They yep. might have to find a replacement temporarily. If if Arteta's committed to Manchester City for the season, but, but he's not seeing out of the season. How, yeah, long did, how, was that?
0: how long did Arteta play for Arsenal?
2: For oh, it would have been oh, I'm taking a guess here, but obviously he was at Everton beforehand, yeah. and then I think oh, he went to Spain. It was I think it was four or five years. He might have been at Arsenal, yeah. and he was obviously yeah. the of, captain, so bit of blood, there. yeah, yeah, for sure. And he would have every interest in coming back. But speaking yeah. of Everton as well, Marco Silva, mm. we spoke about him, you know, quite a bit. I was pretty really harsh on Everton. At the start of the season, and hate to toot my own horn. Damo, head, but can I, Rightly so. Damo, can I pose a question to you? Go for it. Is, is Marco Silva
1: really as good a manager as what people made him out to be?
2: Well, I, I look at his win percentage at his previous clubs. Hull, 29%. Watford, 33%. And now Everton at 37%.
0: So, the question is, why is he regarded a good manager? Uh,
2: look, <laughs> honestly, I think... It's obviously, ref- uh, relevant to expectation. Yeah,
0: obviously,
2: but. And, you know, Watford winning 33% of their games is probably a success when you kept, obviously we don't know how mm-hmm. many draws and, you know, one point games he got. Well, Putting into perspective for you, David Moyes, in his
1: 10 seasons at Everton, 10 plus seasons, mm-hmm. he only had a winning percentage of
2: 41%. Okay, so you, you- yeah, I know what you're saying, but I'd also argue that Everton have different expectations now than they did for, oh, not so much. Is All go, of Moyes is, any, is anyone
0: going go Moyes a good manager though?
2: He, I think it suited Everton at the time, but I yeah. think after he left, Everton actually improved as a club, mm-hmm. and uh, I Well, that probably sparked the time when the topcy started to really hit their decline. Yeah, yeah. That, as soon as um, obviously the retirement of Sir Alex Ferguson, Arson Vegas started to drop off a little bit. So yeah, I think Marco Silva. Let's have a you know quick quick end of discussion here.
1: Well, I think Everton, next six games, at Leicester, at Liverpool, Chelsea, at Man United, and then Leicester in the League Cup. <laughs> Good luck. <work. laughs>
2: to be honest, I'm surprised he hasn't been sacked whilst we're recording yeah. this. He's gone for mine. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's gone. He's done. Yeah. Gone? So, gone. I all right, those gone. two are
2: gone. Manuel Pellegrini, team we just spoke about, West Ham. They've conceded three goals in three of their last games. That's, almost, that's the biggest alarm bells for mine. To be honest, they've scored four goals in their last three games, and all of them have been consolation goals. Mm. They don't convince me at all.
0: No. Nah. He's been there a while, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, I think he's been there for about or oh, a season and a half or two seasons yeah, and a two half. Yeah, two um,
0: seasons.
1: But I think since beating United 2-0 on t- September 22nd, which we were in uproar about because we saw Yarmolenko hitting three goals in three games. And he's done for nothing country. since. He's done nothing. Since then, West Ham have gone winless in their last seven games. Five losses, two draws. And plus, on top of that have seen a Carabao Cup exit being hammered 4-0 by Oxford. So the fans are turning on the team and to be honest with you, West Ham and Everton, I think the only reason why these guys are in is because there is no suitable replacement ready to go right now other than potentially David
2: Moyes. Yeah, David Moyes has been linked with both of them yeah. and but obviously ex-manager of both those clubs uh Pellegrini gone, going or s- safe? <laughs>
0: so I don't think anyone on this list is safe. Let's
1: be honest. I, I, I say, I say, realistically, Silva and Pellegrini are only going to come in if Moyes has committed to one of those two teams. Otherwise, the other one will wait out the season because there's yep. no for the for the goals that both those clubs need, which is to finish fifth or sixth and qualify for the Europe. Then I, I can't see either if one. Ha- one will go come in for Moyes, and then the other one will wait out the season.
2: Uh, for mine, I think Pellegrini will get another few weeks, but I can't see it lasting too much longer if this yeah, he's form gone. stays. Yeah, right, next gone. one, Ole Solskjaer.
0: Probably Thoughts? gone, let's be real. I just don't think, unless he comes and wins the Europa League or miraculously pulls off a fifth-place finish, I just... I don't, you think I fifth,
2: don't, fifth would be good enough for him to keep I his know,
0: job? I think that's sad that we think fifth would be good enough for him <laughs> to keep his job.
1: No, I reckon he's kept it. I yeah. honestly reckon he's kept it because the only way he would come in, I think, is if the board knew that they were going to go through a serious restructure.
2: Yeah. Because Ed, Ed, Ed
1: Woodward has come out and said that they're going to be willing to splash cash, right? And that the youth is showing promise. But realistically... Is that just PR spin, though? Well, it, it, isn't be. it always? Yeah. Isn't it always? True. Yeah. Um, But it seems like this, this toxic culture of firing
0: and rehiring and firing and rehiring... Well, chain, yeah,
1: maybe it right. has to stop somewhere. Maybe and,
0: United just have to sit for a while and just keep the manager, and then restructure well, around that's and build around the manager instead of stop building around the players like Hogba. Yeah,
2: yeah and, and a variety
0: of others. And a variety of others in recent times. Well,
1: I feel as if if you want to stabilise the youth that that's there now, which is if anything looking more promising than the players that were previously there. Yeah, they they have to keep Scholzka. They have to keep Oli. Yeah, I reckon he's safe. I reckon he's
2: safe. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Yep. Raging. <laughs> All righty. And last one is Sancho Flores from Watford. He's just won one game since taking over. Although to be fair, it is the one game they've won this season. Uh, they got that win came over Norwich away from home. Obviously, this is his second time at Watford. Do you think he's going to get sacked for the second time?
1: Uh, well, I can't see him waiting. If if if
2: they go down, he'll go. How
1: can he not? How yeah. can he not go?
2: Yeah, I think. I reckon if he, if, if Watford are on the bottom, but at, at Christmas, obviously that means he, they will probably go down, but I think with that, Sancho Flores will be on his way out and Watford will have a punt at one more manager to try and keep them up. That's my prediction. Yeah,
0: I think Watford have become Bit of an irrelevant team this season, unfortunately. Yeah. Them. It's
2: weird considering they've been so good.
0: They were all right last year, weren't they? Yeah. Um but yeah, no, nah, I think he's in some serious strife because this is just not where they would have seen themselves at this point in the year, I don't think, coming in. Not that anyone sees themselves at the bottom, but like yeah, within reason within reason.
2: Yeah, for sure. righty. Now, lads, are we happy to get stuck straight into our second game? I think so. Yep. All right. That is Manchester City versus Chelsea.
0: Mares takes on and beats Emerson and scores in the corner. Riyad Mares, City two, Chelsea one. The champions have turned around.
2: Yep, the champions did find a way on the weekend to come back after that disappointing result against Liverpool prior to the international break. Uh, Chelsea came out firing in this one. Really early on, they looked. They're probably the, one of the few teams, other than Liverpool, to be able to take it up to City this season. This Chelsea team has balls.
0: This Chelsea team has been the surprise packet of the year b- behind Sheffield, Woody. I know. I can see. <laughs> you I can see no, you I think this face yeah, went red. Yeah. <laughs> this Chelsea team has big balls. To be honest with you, they
1: attack every team they play. Yeah, they don't. They with, refuse with to no remorse, mm-hmm. no remorse. And I think, if anything, it shows Lampard's style is probably the style that he played under. Very attacking
0: and ruthless. Very attacking, really. and if you're a Chelsea fan, I think you're looking forward to the future.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I oh, mean, Lampard even said after the game, uh, We're, we're coming. coming, yeah, we're coming. And you know, like, you don't hear that very often, especially yeah. in the English game. It's always calm, collected, we're always disappointed that we didn't get the three points. I, I thought, well done, Lampard. He came out and he was like, You know what? Okay, we, lo- we just lost to Manchester City 2 1 at the Etihad. Hat. That's no
0: shame in that Not at all. No, absolutely no shame that. And they, and they, t- t- they took him the whole way. Yeah, yeah, the other thing about Lampard is that when he when we started the season, he came under the immediate pressure because they'd lost to United and there was a few iffy games. It took him a while to get his first win. I think he's handled it really well. Mm-hmm. And I think the way he's stuck with the youth, although admittedly he hasn't had a lot of choice, shows a lot of confidence that he has in his players. And I think they're going to they're going to go well. They're I definitely going to benefit
2: from the belief that they've got. Oh yeah, the belief that they're getting from their manager. I and say. I think
0: that's what something I want to touch on is that you see so often with players these days that talent can only get you so far, but it's system that matters even more. And what I see at Chelsea is a really good system being built at the moment, and I think that's going to go a long way, as I just said before.
2: Yeah, and I think their the midfield plays a big role in that. I thought uh, It's funny we spoke about how good jorginho has been this season, but he's probably the worst the worst one of those three midfielders. Obviously, they didn't play Mason Mount on the weekend, which was probably a good tactical decision from Lampard, obviously wanting to rest the young kid as well. And Kante, who scored... For the third time in four, four league games. He's becoming a goal Mate, scorer.
0: Kante has scored with every shot he's had so far. This I think season. they need to bump his FIFA rating of shooting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's an absolute
0: donkey on FIFA. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mate, honestly, like, it, Kovacic, the pass to him, that, that, oh, it's a, it's an interesting thing we talk about because obviously last season there was so much made of N'Golo Kante being played out of position. And Lampard probably hasn't given Kante his role, his original role back. He's probably just, it, it's more of a case of, all right, this is how we're going to play And Kante. Guess what? You're We're not evolving the team around you. You're going to evolve around the system. And, he, and he's benefiting
0: from it Which well. reasonably well. is with. the best sign of a manager. Yeah. It's the system, the team, is bigger than the individual. Yeah, And I think he's Mate, got that really You're completely
1: right. right, Sammy. And if we look at Kante's role on the weekend, it was Kovacic and Jorginho that was sitting further back. So Kante was actually the, the,
2: further, the most... Far forward midfielder out of the and three. And we know, we know he has the engine to do it. He yeah. can run all day. He's
0: probably... You seem, to me, he seems like the fittest player in the competition. Yeah. Or yeah. A, a, not, maybe not... Or, no, actually, no, I'd say fit. I'd just say all round, his ability to keep
2: going. Yeah, so fitness. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's not, I'm not talking it's strength. Just just himself. an unreal engine. Yeah. That's for sure. Work
2: rate. Yeah. On the flip side to that, Manchester City, of course, did actually win the game. So on the topic of goal scoring, Riyad Mahrez, Woody, your man, uh, found the back of the net on the weekend, and he was, he was pretty good. Mate, he was unreal. But he's you know, been involved in ten goals from his eleven starts in all comps for City
1: this season, with with four goals and six assists. And I reckon, honestly, if he was given the playing time that he deserves at City, then he would pro- he would he would live up to being my player of
2: the season.
0: How would you evaluate his time at City as a whole since he moved from Leicester?
2: I think I had pretty much just what Woody said. I think. When he's on the pitch, he's delivering results. Obviously, playing in that Manchester City side, you're going to stat pad a little bit. Mm -hmm. You can't, uh, I'm not saying it's a criticism or a bad thing, but obviously you're going to get more goals and more assists on your tally than if you were playing for, you know, a weaker team. But I I do agree. He probably would have liked a little bit more game time to, you know, show what he can do.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he came out and said, what, a couple of weeks ago that the two year, the two extra years he spent at Leicester were two years wasted. Could have gone to Arsenal and featured. But, you know, I feel as if the time he has now with City, even though he doesn't get the playing time that he did at Leicester, or probably that he would have at Arsenal if he had gone when they... Before they had Pepe and stuff like that. Before they had Pepe, you know, it it would have shown. Because, honestly, he is probably one of the best wingers in the Premier League, and yet he doesn't even start every... So, let's say you're into yoga, or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Yeah, Yeah,
2: for sure. I mean...
1: Every time he comes on, he affects games, and clearly because I'd love to see his. We should have probably figured it out his minutes per involvement. Oh, that's incredibly He high. comes on as a as a sub almost fifty percent of the time.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not ideal for him, is it? No, not at all. Um Rodri, Sammy, well, your yeah, man.
0: I was about to mention Rodri. So I had him in the original team of the season because I thought he was a good player. <laughs> now, how well did he play? In that game.
2: Yeah, he got, got the assist to Morris. He
0: was unreal, right? And then tell me what happened when he went off.
2: Woody? What happened? From a tactical point of view, what happened? Alright,
0: so I think w- when he went off,
1: Chelsea sort of overrun the game. And we, we saw it pretty early on because the way, the way City went out to, um, defend Chelsea was very similar to how Liverpool put it on a few weeks earlier. So Jorginho usually is the one that sits back, um, and sits between the centre backs and Kepa passes to him and that's how they get their play going. However, with Jorginho looking a little bit slow, City um, defended him pretty well, right? Until until Lampard put Kovacic back and played a two-man pivot instead of a one-man pivot in the midfield. So when Keppel was passing out of the back, he had his two centre-back options and then he had Kovacic and Jorginho. So what that did was that it forced city who were um, defending in a 442 to either commit two attackers to the center backs and two midfielders so the two midfielders the way they defended because chelsea were pushing so far wide meant that the midfield was 3 on 2 so that means that led to kante's first goal because tammy abraham was trying so hard in the first half to pull fernandinho off his line and when he finally did kante meant it meant that kante could get the shot on goal yep 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 i gotcha. and then when 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 rodri went off it just completely changed as well because that meant that you know city had more dynamism in the midfield in order to track down is, that dynam- is dynamism a word
2: i'm not sure but i think, so I, get we'll he, I, think I, I get what i think i get what you're yeah. saying we'll, yeah. Woody.
1: We'll that, roll with it. yeah no they were
2: much more dynamic in the middle of the pitch <laughs> yeah no i think just on that, like Chelsea, as much as we've spoken about how they'd be proud of their performance, I thought they probably missed an opportunity once Rodri went off because it was almost like, as you said, Woody Lampard winning with the plan with that two man pivot. But then once Rodri went off, there, it was almost like they were scared after their two mistakes they in the were. first half to, to make more forward passes. I think, uh, Jorginho went back to his old habits a little bit, mm-hmm. especially in that second half where he was, yeah, 95% passing accuracy, but I probably would have given him only a 5 out of 10 on the day, to be honest. Yeah, he was passing sideways. Yeah. And he got com- like he, he was allowed... I they they like, didn't mind him having the ball this time.
1: Yeah, they yeah. did And they, they just let him play. Yeah. And I think they probably played into City's hands a little bit. And more I
2: just hear Pep Guardiola after the game, I think they asked, like, oh, you know, Chelsea had more possession, but obviously you were probably a little bit more comfortable in that second half. You know, wh- why was that? And then in typical Pep style, probably disregarding the fact that his team's the best Premier League team in the past, you know, 10 years at least... Well, I'm talking in the last two seasons. Yeah, he's just like, they were incredible. Chelsea are an incredible team. <laughs> and he's just like going on about how... He's just like, Chelsea are one of the greatest sides yeah. in Premier League history. Victim of his own standards, yeah yeah. Mate. And it's just like... Hey, Chelsea down, weren't mate.
1: good until they became a rich club.
2: Let's be real. Well, I mean, yeah, 100%. But let's not take away from Chelsea's performance. I mean... They kept City to forty six percent possession. That's uh, that's the lowest since Pep Guardiola. That come.
1: is the lowest recorded Pep Guardiola has ever had in his three hundred eighty one top flight
2: matches in charge. That's insane. That's right. massive for Lampard's that, confidence.
0: That's the stat man, right? Yeah, Mate, <laughs>
1: it's, it's huge. A dug date for that
2: one. <laughs> Although insane, as much as we've praised Chelsea. Uh, a lot in the last 10 minutes I'd probably say City still deserves To win the game And despite their lack Of possession Which they are probably used to They did still have The better chances And deserve oh, to win mate, completely,
0: completely Well I mean Just on that And Aguero How costly is His injury going to be Going forward With the title defence Can it be done now Or is that the nail And has Liverpool Got both hands On the trophy
2: Yeah I think like If there is a team In the competition That can handle An attacking player Going down Even though it is it's, Sergio Aguero it's City It is City
0: it is City, but Aguero?
2: Yeah, I mean, it all, it all, lots of pressure on Gabriel Jesus now to step up. Mate, to be completely, like, honestly, we've seen Sterling thrive in a striker uh, role. I was World. about to say, and spe- we Sterling speak about, red <laughs> Murray's might get some more game time if Sterling yeah. switches into the centre. Obviously, Bernardo Silva hasn't had a great season this year, yeah, so. No,
1: by no means th- the season he had last year. Yeah, not by at no all. By no means.
2: Probably just comparing
1: Can't him to last year. Has too. the
0: potential to just switch it though.
2: Yeah for sure
0: which what the great players of Manchester City have been doing the last three years exactly which is finding a way
2: 100% now lads I reckon we wrap that one up and get stuck straight into winners and losers Oi did someone say winners and losers sure did mate Alrighty, mate, still gets me. I, yeah, I was about to say that. It's so good. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty proud of it. Sam, do you want to kick us off with your winner of the week?
0: My winner. So mine is Chris Smalling. So this is a fair shout. This we, is a mess. we all know the story of Chris Smalling at United, and I just want to put this out there for now. So in his nine appearances for Roma, and on he had his best performance on the weekend, scoring a goal and having two assists. So basically dominated the game, won them the game, Yeah. <laughs> essentially, which you just didn't hear about when he was at United. But since leaving United for a bill of £3 million, he has been Roma's best defender by far, and in his first six appearance, appearances in the Serie A, he's yet to be dribbled past, and he's going to hit a 100% success rate with tackles.
2: Dick. Fire Can out. you see him coming back from loan?
0: Oh, I... Why would he? I mean, I mean if he's apparently
2: ha- Roma want him for about twenty million. If he's having,
0: if he's having such a so much success in Roma, like why wh-
1: Mate, you, could, you could very take, very well take Lindelof's spot back. Yeah. Back yeah. With my
0: question is, but this is what puts me into my question. I know it's just a side segment question, but how much does system override talent? Because yeah, we keep Smalling, coming back to it. Smalling was a shadow of the player he, he's proving to be at Roma when he was at United, and is that the league? Or is that the system?
2: I think probably the, the is coming up against is, um, maybe we're coming from a biased point of view, but I'd say it's easier to defend in the Serie A than it is in the Premier League. Uh, but yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Sam, in terms of like the system over talent. And, you know, clearly he's benefiting from whatever the situation is over there in Italy. And, you know, he's every chance to stay there for the rest of, you know, his prime years in terms of career. I reckon honestly,
1: if, if they were going to send out anyone on loan, it should have been Jones.
2: Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a real stranger than one. Of the yeah. We're going to get stuck into Jones a few a bit later. I also just
0: found it very ironic that United go out and buy an 85 million pound yeah. defender and then... And they've got Chris Small. And they've got Chris Small in the god, apparently. Yeah. 100% efficiency. All right, Woody, who is your winner? My winner is the Villains.
1: So they dominated a flailing Newcastle team um, to cap off the round. So they had 62% possession for the game and put them away in a two-year win. Now the villains are back in the win column after having lost their last three games against City, Wolves, and Liverpool. So, pretty good opponents, nonetheless. And I guess with Jack Grealish flourishing this season, he looks destined for a big move in the summer if they can pry away from his boyhood, boyhood club. We know his affinity for the villains. Do however, always, sorry, just, sorry. Do you see him going to Euros? Uh, for England, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. However, I think the villains they face a pretty tough run of games. Coming up, and that's that's no word of a lie. With with United, Leicester, Ch- Chelsea, and Sheffield in the next four, and then facing Liverpool in the C- cup quarterfinals, they needed this win for their confidence. That is true because, like we've said, Damo, like we said last week, they are 100% the best
2: team with the worst record. Yep, yeah, 100%. 100%. Agree with that. Alrighty, my winner is the Wolverhampton Wolves. They are absolutely flying at the moment and probably gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, a 2-1 win over Bournemouth, away from home, put them outright fifth now. would uh, you had them as your winner a couple of weeks ago and spoke sure, yeah. about Ruben Neves and his ability to score, but Rayo Jimenez is probably another one that we haven't spoken about this season. He's now scored in his last three games and has scored six for the season. Uh, of course, Matinho has won our prestigious Goal of the Week award, so there's another, you know, probably a big win for, for the Wolves. had a massive week, and obviously the Goal of the Week award is their biggest achievement. Yeah, Um and yeah. It just caps off, caps off an unreal November for Nuno Santos' men that they must be you know, pretty excited about the prospects of making Europa League or even Champions League if they go on a real run next season. Uh, Sam, your loser.
0: So I've gone with Everton, who we spoke about before. Um, seven losses this season with what has to be one of the easiest fixtures going into the year. So they've played and lost two so far. Norwich, Brighton, Burnley, Sheffield, and Villa. And although you just spoke about Villa being good and Sheffield, no one expected that coming in, going into the season. You would have said Everton should have beaten all. How many? Five of those teams that I
2: mentioned. Yeah, at least three or four.
0: And now you said earlier in the the show that they've got probably the hardest fixture coming up, and they've absolutely cooked themselves. Yeah, so
1: mate, I honestly from their next yeah. five games, I can't see him getting more than two points. Yeah, yeah. so
0: with a manager on the rocks as well, like it's not a good place to be. He even described his team as scared to play.
1: That's grim. Poor. So, mate, that's that's a tombstone with his name written on it. Yeah. If I've <laughs> ever, seen, ever seen one, to be honest with you, <laughs> Woody, you're a loser.
0: Yeah, look,
1: mate, I, I, I've gone to Southampton. I reckon they've sort of like they've they've avoided a Woody's whip for for majority really? of the season. I, I'd say so because. Far out. We've expected so much more from Southampton, I think, than what they've given. And they've definitely flown under the radar because they've lost to the big boys Mm -hmm. consistently. And I guess we just overlooked them as well. So how did they not beat Arsenal on the weekend? Bloody hell. For the life of me, I have no clue. It was the perfect opportunity for the Saints to take control of the underwhelming season they've had so far. And they had 21 shots at 12 over the course of the game. They should have put them away. And if it wasn't for a defensive lapse that left Lacazette alone on the
2: six-yard box,
1: mate, they would have won. They would have beat a shit Arsenal. They should arsenal. have won. I think Wilcox
2: cleared it off the line in about the 88th minute Ugh, as well. Mate, I can't remember his name, but... Nuffy.
1: Yeah, oh. Nuffy. <laughs> yeah, and they should have scored in the 88th minute, and they would have put the game to bed, like nail-in-the-coffin business. So they've got two points from their last eight games and conceded 23 goals in that time, including the 9-0 loss to Leicester. They sit 19th. And with the most goals conceded so far this season, they're in a grim place at the moment. Damo, who's your loser?
2: Yeah, no surprises here. Mine's Watford. And obviously we touched on them a little bit earlier. But goodness, they're in serious trouble now. They're now five points plus goal difference away from safety. And of course, history suggests that once you're down the bottom at Christmas, you've really struggled to get back up. I'm um, just like, you look at the way Burnley play. They obviously sit sixth now and they lost 3-0 to, uh, Watford lost 3-0 to Burnley over the weekend. Burnley, Burnley don't play great attacking football. Like, it's pretty negative. But at the end of the day, they come, come with a plan and deliver a plan and obviously it's, people are going to have their different opinions. I was looking at some of the Watford fans on social media saying that they'd actually rather play you know, a nice style in the championship than the play the way Burnley do in the Premier League, but obviously each to their own. But at the end of the day, Watford had 63% possession on the weekend, four shots on target, zero goals compared to Burnley's 37% possession, managed more shots on target, five, and scored three goals. So at the end of the day, if you come with a plan and deliver it, you know, Watford need to become a little bit more realistic in the way they go about it, I think. And it's, it's becoming a real concern that they've probably just got to simplify it before it's too well, it late. It seems
1: like their best results have come when they play counter-attacking.
2: Yeah. It, it is. Because that's the way they, they, they yeah, We saw the that City. We saw them earn a point against Arsenal. Yeah. Beat, uh, beat Norwich, who were again, a Norwich probably a side yep. that like to attack, but bit like Bournemouth, yep. how we've Be, about. Beat City. Wait, did they beat City? No, Norwich no, beat no, City. Norwich beat City. Yeah, we know, Watford have only just won the one game this season. But a team who haven't won just one game this season they've won quite a few and earned quite a few points and that is Sheffield and they had a big game on the weekend probably game of the uh, weekend against Man
0: United so in true Premier League nightclub fashion let's talk about the United game against Sheffield
2: Sheffield United have it and it's pulled into the middle of the top. here Things might open up for the Blades here as Norwood is brought into play and he zipped the ball out wide. A good arcing pass to Ender Stevens, who's beaten Dan James. Ball into the middle. Fleck takes control. Might wriggle through here too. Callum Robinson. Ball stabbed to the... banner, And he's scored! Late, late drama up Bremer
0: Lane! Ollie McBurnie!
2: Mate, that was... Oh... I was watching Woody. We we were watching that one. That was a, that was a tough game to get up for. Three thirty on a Monday morning. Oh, nice. Very very rude. In
0: bed, waking up in three hours to go to work. It so was a rough. No it was
1: pretty cool. cooked the sleeping schedule. That's for
2: sure. And uh, let's just talk about the obvious thing, and that's that Sheffield dominated Manchester United for seventy minutes. Yeah. So Sheffield,
0: if, 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 the Blades. If, <laughs> if we
1: look at why, I think the biggest thing. The difference between the two teams was the midfield, so Sheffield went out, played with a five man midfield, whereas United came out with a two man midfield and five at the back now, if that doesn 't spell travel i don 't know what does so Ollie started with a two man midfield which significantly hindered united 's ability I think we can both put it down to that yeah um, and united 's ability to hold possession. Um, and, you know, I think this was actually done in a bid to counter Sheffield's notorious overlapping centre backs, um, with Jaggy coming in as well, but Egan was actually out. So, with a depleted sort of squad, United played, um, Fred and Andreas. Because uh, Pogba
2: it, and McTominay are out for still a few yeah, weeks. Still, and,
1: which, which sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and I reckon Sheffield would have considered themselves unlucky to be only one goal up at half time. Do you think, do you yeah. think
0: OA's coaching in too much of a reactive, way so like mm. like he's come up against sheffield who no, I yes they're I playing they're if playing he played one more in the
2: midfield i think it, it would have been better. yeah i think he paid them too much respect that's what i mean that's yeah. what i'm trying to say so do yeah. you reckon
0: he altered you, his game style too much like is it i think in all sport if you go too far away from what you know in order to nullify an opposition you yeah. you start focusing too much on the opposition instead of how you're going to Score and play your own game. I I
2: think it's probably... I'll just alter my comment a bit about how he paid them too much respect. I think he was probably too nervous about the fact that his midfield was so depleted. So he only played
0: two in the midfield. I
2: think what he tried to do was get Williams and Saka to almost fit in as right and left midfielders. It didn't didn't work It didn't work
1: because Jones was defensively
2: liable. Yeah. Honestly, I reckon that's why. And he was playing on the left-hand side, and Williams didn't have a great day either, but geez... You're having to look over your right shoulder.
1: oh mate. A whole game. I'll tell you what, from the get go, Phil Jones was targeted from Chris Wilder's men. Is he manager of the season at the moment? Hands down. Yep, okay. How can't he be? English um, anyway, so. So, <laughs> in, in his first league start of the season, he's had more errors directly leading to goals in the Premier League than anyone else, and that man is Phil Jones. Can we. Just swap? played like one Can game. we. Can
0: we. First <laughs> start of the game. First start of the season. Can we swap him for Smalling? Please.
2: Yeah, well, if United yeah, that, well, that, had would, the time again, that would definitely be something yeah. they'd want to do.
1: Anyway, the first huge chance came, I think, after 12 minutes when um, Liss Mousset ran directly at Jones, who was on the back foot, swept past him, leaving Jones in his wake, and De Gea was forced to make a freak double save. I don't know how the hell he did that. And then, anyway, seven minutes later proved to be the opening when Mousset left Jones confused yet again, actually left him on his ass. Uh, Jones had one simple task of dealing with a ball by kicking into touch, swung his leg, like, I literally, like, don't know what was he he Was he trying
2: to pass it to De Gea? Because even if he was trying Mate, to, he wasn't know. ever getting there. It
1: honestly looked like he was doing some, like, stupid kung fu move. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what he was doing anyway. Musa <laughs> dragged the ball straight across him, on the face of goal, flex scored. Yeah, it was and a good save, De Gea, but then... And that put it honestly in. set the tone for the first 60 minutes, the way they attacked. Isolate Jones, and... Try and get past him as much as you can.
2: Yeah, one other player I probably want to criticise a little bit, actually two of them, is is Andreas and Fred, because I thought obviously their task all day was going to be difficult. Yeah. But that's, they're rolling the second goal, Andreas was incredibly sloppy in possession, and then if you, if you watch Fred, Not so much. I understand that you have to have confidence in your teammates, and sometimes you have to have that belief that they're going to win the ball in order to be ready to get that next pass. Mm -hmm. That might be a risk sometimes, but the good teams and confident teams do that, and they benefit from it. So Fred, I was happy for Fred to almost wait to see if Andreas was going to win the ball back, but it was his reaction after Andreas didn't win the ball back. The eventual goal scorer, Moussa, ran straight past... Fred, and Fred was at least two or three metres behind him, and then that gap just got wider and wider. God, Harry Maguire probably did the right thing, but then once he saw that Fred was being run past, he didn't have enough time to alter, and what a finish. What a finish from well outside great, the box. So
0: finish. so clearly then there was a shift in the game, and even if it was for a small amount of time, what, what actually happened, and then in comparison, what happened for United to concede again? Well, it's interesting you say that because I think... Williams'
2: goal was probably a bit of chance
0: that it's that it, that it landed to yeah
1: because they
2: did change to a back to a fullback at 20, half time so yeah. it's not like it was an instant um, managerial like perfect <laughs> substitution because it took twenty five thirty yeah, minutes for it think, to work
1: yeah and I think honestly like the flourish of goals was just you know down to Sheffield falling asleep and once you fall asleep against fast teams you're just gonna you're just gonna cop it and we saw that with James shredding him down the left flank, and then Mason Greenwood essentially shredding him down the right.
2: As soon as they fell asleep, like, they got crucified. Mm-hmm, for sure. And also, Marcus Rashford is now one of three English players this season to be involved in 10 goals or more. I do want to touch on, Sammy, your last point there, which was just about why United conceded again. Now, there's been a lot of talk about this, and I'm not going to sit here and defend Solskjaer, but at the same time, I think people have really quickly to judge based on outcome, but you need to some, sometimes take, look at the bigger picture. Now, he took Martial off for Axel Twanziby, and some would say he went back to the original system, the three or five back, what you want to call it, and conceded straight away. And it's easy to sit there and go, why would he do that? It didn't work for you know, a half, let alone maybe 70 minutes, and he went back to it straight away. I just want to point out something. We spoke about how Mourinho took Deli Ali off. And they conceded two goals. Look, again, it's easy for us to sit here and say that's not the right thing to Cap- do. Captain hindsight. But one one thing I do want to mention, Bobby Firmino on the weekend scored an 85th minute winner for Liverpool. He was sub, uh, subbed off two minutes later and they brought on Joe Gomez. If Liverpool conceded, would we all be talking about Klopp's decision to take Firmino off? The reason I bring it up is Zaha also, in like the 90th minute, missed an absolute golden opportunity, which he should have scored. Crystal Palace should have also, uh, so Crystal Palace should have also equalised, in which case my three examples that I'm talking about, uh, would have, it, would well, have been proven. Yeah, would have been proven, and I would be, be sitting here saying all three managers made the same mistake and all three managers got punished. But at the end of the day, this is just three games. It's not uncommon for managers to make a defensive change when they're one goal up with a few minutes to go. I think it's just, it's just, a simplistic view. And by the way, Twanzibi wasn't playing as a third centre-back like people thought he was. He was pretty much just adding a bit of defensive stability in that midfield. And if you look at the third go- third goal that Sheffield scored, Lindelof was sort of just ball-watching. Then Twanzibi was... If he was playing as a centre-back, he's out of position. But to be honest, there's not much he could do. And then Maguire hesitated as well. So there's a variety of people at fault. And I think people slating Solskjaer for making that substitution, it's harsh because the best, the second best manager of the season, Jurgen Klopp, made pretty much an identical change and didn't get punished for it, so. Look, this is, this is
1: by no means taking any shine off the Blades. Like, I've been saying it all season, I'm gonna say it again. The f***ing Blades, mate. The f***ing Blades. They are genuinely, like, the fifth best team in the league. It's, it's, It's not even an argument. I reckon if they were to miss out on European qualification, it's only because of potential injuries and, I guess, the Christmas period which could... almost lengthens the season in in comparison to the Championship. Mm. And to cruise past United for 60 minutes the way they did, without their first choice centre-back in John Egan, and without Dean Henderson as well, who has been the best keeper in the league so far, as per the Premier League nightclub rolling team of the season, XI. (laughs) It shows serious grit and also... A touch of class as well.
2: It's also worth noting, Sheffield haven't spent a lot of money. They've scored the most goals in the league, which five, from substitutes. So again, it just sounds like they're building a bit of depth
1: there. Yeah, And you're right, the ha- they haven't spent a lot of money at all. Yeah. However,
0: and- going into the game, they were the best defensive team, yet played poorly for 10 minutes and conceded three goals to a United team that is pretty average. What does that say, and is that a concern going forward? I mean, sorry, it's, it's to, a really good sorry, question. sorry to stop your little, no, you're you, right, know, your little you know, your little get-around-sheffield <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring it back to reality for a little second here.
2: Um, look, look it definitely be looked, It'll definitely be looked at by yeah. opposition clubs. I think the way, as we've said, United probably didn't exactly change the way they were playing. They just sort of switched on uh, in that 70th minute. Well,
1: Rashford came alive for seven minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. Let's at, be
2: real. So many of the players were poor. Up until that point, so Sam, honestly, I don't really have an answer.
0: Well, point. does that mean does that mean that maybe Sheffield are a team that, unlike because they're deprived of talent in terms of the world get like, yeah. world, um, and the top six, the other top six teams they're competing against, do they have to concentrate harder for longer? One hundred
2: percent. If yeah, they pun- drop off. They so get punished more than any any other team in that top half. Exactly. So I, honestly, I reckon it just gives their players like more of a
1: stage to shine. It really does, because if you look at the likes of Liz Musay, was born in for £10 million from Bournemouth, who had three EPL goals in 58 EPL appearances. Right. 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 He was, and he was a misfit as well, so he well known to have an attitude problem, right? Comes into Bournemouth, Chris Wilder, sorry, comes into Sheffield, Chris Wilder does his work, and now, with a goal on the weekend, takes his tally for Sheffield to four goals and three assists in just 10 EPL appearances. So if anything, I reckon Sheffield, being under the pressure that they are, and with probably the low expectations that they had going into the season, if anything it just, it allows these guys more of a stage to flourish because they don't have that constant pressure and that constant top-six mantle hanging over their heads.
2: Yeah, and just just to summarize the whole game, I think Chris Wilder will def- is the type of person who's going to sit there in, after the game and say, look, we just drew 3-0 with Manchester United. You should be proud, but you should also look at what happens when you fall asleep for 10 minutes and what yeah. can happen. If you do that again, like Manchester United at the moment are probably the 10th best team in the league, if we're being real. Yeah. Imagine if Sheffield do that against nine other teams, they're going to get punished just as much, if not more. So yeah, Wild is definitely the type of manager who's going to be proud and compliment his team, but he's also going to sit there behind closed doors and say, "That's what happens when we're not switched on, and that's what's this is what's required from us every single minute." For the rest of the yeah, season, and
1: I reckon. Honestly, they'll put away Wolves, Newcastle, and Norwich in the next three. Wol- Wol- the Wolves clash is massive. It, it is massive because they're playing at
2: Wolves. Yeah, fifth and versus th- sixth that one. Yeah, I think. yeah, fifth versus sixth.
1: Yeah, but I can see Sheffield, you know, really putting on a display in that game, really uh-huh. bouncing back because would.
2: For your case, for your sake, would I hope they can? <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. For my sanity, I hope so. Anyway, boys, I reckon we should wrap. This one up. Stick a bow in it, you reckon, Dave? Stick, stick a stick bow in it. I reckon you said that like five <laughs> times, <this season. laughs> Woody. Well, oh, I can't. I can't uh, judge repeti- repetitiveness. I pretty much open the podcast the same way every single time. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> have. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, uh, Woody, we mentioned goal of the week. If we, if you people want to find that goal of the week, where can they find it? Yeah, you can find us on Insta at Premier League Nightclub. And uh, get on board the Twitter at EPL Nightclub. And just in regards to the Twitter, we'd like to announce our Twitter giveaway winner.
0: Oh. Drum roll. It's happening.
2: And that is at Josh Sek ninety seven. And I think his proper full name is Joshua Sucker or Secca I'm not I'm having trouble. Can you pronounce it?
1: I can't pronounce it. Sucker It's
2: like Sil or something. Secur or something. Yeah no well anyway I hope he knows who he is because when you at Josh Sek
1: ninety seven you've won mate.
2: Yeah. We'll be in contact over the next few days to, you know, you can decide what home twenty nineteen twenty kit you would like. For those who didn't get the W this time, we'll definitely be doing more giveaways in the future. So stay tuned. Uh Keep that Twitter, you know, refreshed because we'll be posting probably pretty soon. I mean, it's a festive season coming up, isn't yeah, it, Sammy?
0: It is. And just on that... I am going away for Christmas, so this is my. I'm ghosting it even harder than normal now. <laughs> so I won't be back until the New Year. So everybody have a good time, stay safe, and the Snapchat is not coming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no no uh, live live feeds from Sammy on his trips?
0: Nah, it's a family trip, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, on that note, let's uh, wrap it up and thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. See ya.